With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, good morning. It is uh, 6.08. It is Monday here on the, excuse me, uh, KCO Day radio program. Glad to have you along. Uh, Coming up on the show today, um, it's a bit of a a variety. We'll actually have two guests, which is rather unusual, but uh, that's how we're going to roll today because on Friday, after we got done with the show, uh, the North Carolina Supreme Court decided that uh, they were going to come down with a ruling that baffles the mind um, and essentially creates a new legal standard, a law standard here in the state of North Carolina that did not exist, that normally would have been created by the legislative branch because we have separation of powers yet um, was done. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, it even included a Twitter victory lap uh, by one of the liberal justices which is not something I've ever seen before, but I'm told by the uh, by the Twitter elite and uh, most of the North Carolina press corps, who's a bunch of closet moon bats. Okay, the closet's wide open, but uh, that this is that it's a good thing, and ignoring the fact as to even if they think it's a good thing, how it was arrived at. Um. But, you know, that's just me, Mr. Process, Mr. Slippery Slope. Even if you think it's a good thing, and I, frankly, I don't, I don't even know if that's what they've achieved based on the language of the ruling, um, it is deeply ironic how few of them ever said anything ever, ever, ever uh, when it was, quote-unquote, their team uh, getting the and doing the same thing. plus the part where one branch of government decides they essentially are the other branch of government. But this is where we are now. Um, I, how, that, you know, how that impacts on the redraw of the maps, um, how it uh, potentially is dealt with as you get higher up the food chain, how if uh, independence, I guess this is the... Um, this is the caveat there, whether independent voters see it for what it is, uh, a, a complete and utter abuse of a, uh, from a judicial standpoint of what is everybody's assigned gig. Um, and, um, I, I, you know, that all remains to be seen. 
So as you can imagine, basically it breaks down from a partisan standpoint. Uh, Republicans are mad as hell, and Democrats, for whatever reason, have decided that uh, they're cool with a, uh, a corrupted version of the process, uh, as, as uh, evidenced by everything that I read over the weekend. So um, anyway, so I mentioned we have two guests today. Uh, one of them is um, State Senator Amy Gailey. She'll join us. Um, for those of you in the triangle, she is a triad area uh, representative. Uh, we'll talk to her for the uh, Republican perspective there. But um, also, um, uh, one of the latecomers to the U.S. Senate race, uh, Marjorie Eastman, will join us. So, uh, Senator Gailey at 7.05, Marjorie Eastman at 8.05. Okay, there you go. All right, so in addition to all of that insanity, uh, we'll, we'll, we've got to talk about the Olympics because it's basically Firefest slash... Um, um, what would I? I'm trying to think of the last time I saw some truly over the top bootlicking from a propaganda acceptance standpoint. But the, I don't know if you've seen any of the NBC broadcast. I hope you haven't. I'm just catching bits and pieces on social media. Holy crap! Is NBC just lapping up everything China, dude? Just shamelessly. It's so bad. And 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 also, every time somebody posts the video, and thankfully, did you have trouble finding the uh, the Guthrie video today? I see a bunch of people keep reposting it, so that's a good thing, I guess. But Well, apparently on YouTube, it does not exist. Oh, it doesn't exist. It doesn't yeah, because NBC keeps doing trademark stuff. Yeah, and on Twitter. Which is what been, they did last time. Yeah, on Twitter, same thing. It keeps coming down because of the trademark thing. Yeah, they're they're relentless from an Olympic standpoint on the trademark stuff. So, so and this is an actual for those of you who completely just blocked it out, didn't deal with it over the weekend. Let me just play this piece of audio for you because I think it's just amazing. This is a group of people that would have rooted against Jesse Owens, okay? If it if it maintained or heightened their relationship with the host country. That's a Hitler reference. Yes, we busted that out. Here's NBC's Savannah Guthrie, who is looking at the opening ceremonies and the fact that China decided to spice up the, um, uh, the torchlighting portion of it with who they selected. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to this. Like this moment uh, is quite provocative. It's a statement from the Chinese President Xi Jinping to choose an athlete from the weaker minority. It is an in-your-face response to those Western nations, including the U.S., who have called this Chinese treatment of that group genocide and diplomatically boycotted these games. There will be much discussion about this. All right, so, so that's right. So China... Uh, king of the propaganda decided that they would have a Uyghur, a Uyghur uh, athlete as part of that portion of the opening ceremonies, and it's a it's a big f u to the Western United States. the The fact that she even chose because people are going, well, she's just observing what's happening. No, you just here's what you do if you're NBC and you're sitting there looking at that and you're looking at China using somebody's 
uh, using somebody in that fashion to deflect from what is openly, undeniably genocide. Or at the very least, if you don't go along, you're, you're like, oh, it doesn't rise to the level of genocide. I've seen some articles like that. It is forced labor camps where they are literally picking cotton. You don't acknowledge it. You don't agree to during your bright. You may acknowledge it on the news side. Understand what I'm saying here. You can acknowledge it from a news perspective where you have context with it. Since, you know, we're all sitting here talking about responsible journalism. But you don't, as part of your entertainment broadcast, acknowledge that. But they do. And there is some pushback. We'll get to that. Um, apparently, uh, also, Olympic Village is Firefest. So, that's... <laughs> You think that's what you think that's what China did to save a little money? They just they're like, uh, give me the Firefest guys, give me the Firefest guys, and uh, we'll uh, we'll just go ahead and uh, have them uh, handle catering for us. Because uh, there's some um, some interesting little allegations there. So anyway, um, it is six sixteen. It is Monday morning, which you know is just the worst, but. Uh, we're here, and uh, we'll keep trucking through. Coming up here on the KCO Day radio program. A new decade on the calendar, and celebrating 10 years on the air. This is 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle, and News Talk 94.5 WPTI in the Triad. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, there's got to be some audio of this. All right, so, so figure skating's going on right now. Again, you know, you're dealing with um, dealing with a um, bit of a time change there, trying to understand the content. Okay, so his name is Brandon. So, you know, the, the arenas are essentially empty over there. And by the way, I was just looking at the ratings. Uh, so are the uh, TV sets. So uh, they have Paris figure skating going on right now, and somebody just screamed, let's go, Brandon, and it just echoes through the whole arena. This was uh, just ahead of U.S. Olympian Brandon Frazier and his partner, uh, what is her name, Neerum? So that's nice. All right, I'm going to have to, I'll track that down coming up here. Let's go, Brandon. Uh, people are speculating it was a teammate or coach. I don't. There's a few spectators, but uh, not many. What is this? People send me stuff. I swear, man. Uh, all right. Look, here's. Uh, now nah, you know what? I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna get into that this morning. I don't. Here's the deal. If if people, I appreciate when you said when you're sending me every story and you're sending it off the store off the websites that we tweet out all flipping day long. Do you think we don't look at those? I got it. We're good. I'm fully aware of Stacey Abrams. 
Thank you. By the way, that picture should be absolutely politically devastating to anyone who decided that they were going to front and center pose maskless with 50 masked little kids behind them. That should be politically devastating. And this this woman, this the, the governor of Georgia, just simply puts a response out and says that uh, everybody who's attacking her is racist. It's just so tiring to sit there and look at that and not understand even the context of why people are attacking you. And and she's not the only one. There's 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 all these different photos uh, that you saw during the NFC, like the NFC Championship game, where you had the governor of California there, no mask, posing for pictures. Uh, Magic Johnson essentially posed with uh, the governor of Georgia, the uh, Georgia, excuse me, uh, the governor of California, the mayor of Los Angeles, and the mayor of San Francisco, and. They're all standing around. Nobody's wearing a mask, even though under California law and more specifically, even under their own city laws, that should be uh, impermissible. And the response, did you see the, the response from the mayor of Los Angeles to that photo? He said, and I quote, when he took the picture, he held his breath. That was his actual Clinton, I didn't inhale-esque response. It's, and, and what do all those stories have in common? What all those stories have in common is the same rantings and ravings and holding responsibles and, uh, and everything that you see from a news perspective. None of that applies to these people. None of that applies. They may do a story occasionally, but at the end of the day, look at the ferocity with which they're chasing Joe Rogan over the weekend. And, and it's like, even if in, in Spotify came out, and they're just like, yeah, we don't care. So I, I, I guess good on them. And also, I don't think Spotify is pro not a U.S. company, I believe. So there's a little, you know, you're not going straight to the uh, bowels of Silicon Valley here. But ultimately, look at the look at the fervor there. CNN had panels about why Joe Rogan should be gone, all the rest of this. People went through giant, um, you know, the, the, the primary people going after Rogan from an organizational standpoint are literally Democrat uh, PACs. It's a uh, it's a political action committee, and somebody made the point over the weekend, and they're right because if you even if you get Spotify to drop Joe Rogan, arguably not only does he get richer, but uh, he he doesn't lose any audience, and he probably gains some audience. So you're not really knocking the guy down. So now it's a contest to see who can do it so that they can flex their power. Right, pretty. That's a pretty good feather in the cap resume builder. If you're a political action committee or a political activist, be the one who got Joe Rogan kicked off Spotify. And what's the beef? They went back and they said, "Well, he used the N word," and contextually, he did, uh, either in quoting people or retelling somebody else's joke. Now, whether you think that that's a legitimate reason or not, I'll leave to you. 
But, you know, context matters. And ironically, the guy who was leading the charge on that particular effort has books out and papers out and things that he's done where he's used the N-word uh, 50 times. And he's a white dude. And in that case, and in the case of the governor of California and the mayors of Los Angeles and San Francisco, it's baffling how little pushback they know they're going to get and how it influences their behavior. They don't care. Because they realize at the end of the day, every now and then there's a sacrificial lamb that's served up, a la Whoopi Goldberg, and we'll see to what extent that is. But ultimately, you know that there's not going to be that fourth estate coming after you from a political standpoint, so you don't care. And look how it influences behavior. You get the audacity, just more and more, to do things like that or pose in front of a picture of a bunch of mass children and think, at no point does anybody go, you know what, I don't think this is a good idea. Crazy to me. All right. Lots to get to on this uh, fine morning KCO Day radio program. Hang on. 1061 FM Talk and 94.5 WPTI, two stations driving the best in talk. This is KCO Day and Carolina's Morning News. All right, good morning. 6.35 here on the KCO Day radio program, Monday edition. Uh, coming up, we will uh, have a conversation uh, here at 7.05 with the um, the senator from Alamance County, Amy Gailey. She'll join us, talk about the uh, Supreme Court ruling there on uh, Friday. Again, um, you know, I knew it was a possibility. What I, I guess I, I am failing to understand is, uh, how in the bag that thing was, and the fact that a that one of the justices would would sit there and go on Twitter and take a victory lap on it, and I you know I don't know what it means for North Carolina because at the end of the day, even those who celebrate the ruling recognize that the process now is you go you go back and and they they rework the maps, they resubmit them. Perhaps we do this all over again. And, you know, how you are, how it's calculated in the process by which, I mean, there's gonna, there's a whole lot of lawyering to come. But at the end of the day, you have created a law, a legal standard, where ultimately that's not the job of the judiciary. And they have they've somehow found a legal uh, legal reasoning that simply doesn't exist. And if you go back to the appeals court, remember it was unanimous uh, with the panel, which included a Democratic justice, where they all kind of recognized: look, there is no standard. If there is to be a standard, then the the General Assembly should create it, and then the governor can weigh in and sign it into law. And, you know, the remedy was, if the people want it bad enough, they'll force their legislators to do it or they'll replace them, which is how it works for basically everything else. That's the process we understand. So I don't, I don't know. 
so we'll chat with uh, State Senator Amy Gailey coming up, 7.05. Um, I, I assume there were a lot of conversations over the weekend on the uh, Republican side of the General Assembly and lawyers and everybody else. All right, 888-934-7874, the uh, phone number. Uh, oh, this is a shame. You know, we talked about the, uh, the, the skier from San Francisco who decided she's going to go compete for China. Well, she's not the only um, U.S.-born athlete that is, uh, that is competing for China. There's also a figure skater, a 19-year-old Zhu Yi. Um, who actually, she renounced her U.S. citizenship so she could go compete for China. So, um, and over the weekend, she absolutely bombed. Absolutely just fell down during a routine several times, and it did not go well. So, um, oh, you hate to see this. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if now she has to, uh, go work in a camp or, or what China does, but, uh, good job renouncing that U.S. citizenship. I uh, hope it pays off for you, uh, very well this morning. All right, 638. Let me hit on something that is, uh, not kind of those two big, oh, actually, you know what? I have to do this because I was sitting there and I was looking at the pictures. So apparently, uh, in an effort to get everything up and running, the Chinese government or the Olympic Committee over in China decided that, hey, you know what? Uh, from a catering perspective, why don't we hire those folks from Firefest? See how that works out. Yeah, according to multiple reports and various social media posts by actual athletes there, um, Olympic athletes uh, who, are in, or who are forced to quarantine, I don't know if you know this, they get over there, they get a quarantine. Um, say that the food is poultry, and that's the politest way that somebody's criticized it. Absolutely inedible. They say that there's no training equipment, and oftentimes the rules, they just kind of make them up as they go, and they essentially feel like um, uh, prisoners in the process. Because remember, they get over there, they have to go through this quarantine process, they're in a very limited space, and if you're an Olympic athlete and you have no no gym no cardio, no nothing, and they're feeding you food that is barely food or in some cases uh, is simply not enough to sustain you, that's a little problematic. In fact, uh, one of the Swedish athletes, or excuse me, uh, Russian athletes, uh, Valeria Vasnesova, she does the biathlon, Uh, she was posing a bunch of pictures, uh, basically pictures of the food, Remember that you remember the Firefest uh, salad, right? And then it was a salad, and then a little piece of bread with some cheese on it. All right. Well, hers doesn't look much better. Uh, basically, tiny portions of plain pasta, some sort of orange meat sauce, uh, five small like hash brown sized potatoes, and then some meat that looks inedible, or uh, in, on the other side, chicken that looks raw. And very small portions of everything. And they serve it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, she said. She said, quote, my bones are already sticking out. And um, she was forced to, what did she say? She was forced to ask if she could have the fat from the meat that had been overcooked. And she said she ate that. 
Meanwhile, Chinese officials who are staying two floors below, who also had to quarantine, have been dining on large portions of shrimp, broccoli, salad, fresh fruit, you know, stuff that athletes would want to eat probably. Other Olympians demanding change. I think that they got this one, the one woman who posted, I think they brought her a bike, a stationary bike so she could do a little training. I'm telling you, man. All right, let me grab a call here real quick. Uh, Jamal, what's up? Hey, KC, what's going on on this nice Monday morning? KC, if the Republicans, we have two options. We can try to impeach one of these justices, which is which is which is a uh, uh, uphill battle. And I'm talking Mount Everest style uphill battle, or we can try to take this to the courts. Even though the Supreme Court said they will not hear um, gerrymandering cases anymore because they said that's that's states' rights, and you know what? I support the Supreme Court on states' rights issues that they've been pushing back. But we got to get this to a federal judge somehow, some way, to get them to overlook it. Because basically what happened, what's happening is that these people are nothing but rubber stamps for the Democrat Party. Stuff that's not even racist. They keep using the term racist. That's why I hate the NAACP here in North Carolina. I hate William Barber because they keep making race a reason to oppose legislation that they don't like, that the Democrat Party don't like. And I'm not jumping subjects, Casey. Remember when we voted to amend the Constitution for voter ID? Black people turned out and supported that. They still said that were racist, and they shot that down. So right, but the, but, I, I but believe the states, but Jamal, that's not how it jumps. It goes from the North Carolina Supreme Court would go to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they're not going to hear it, so... I thought it would go back to the. I thought it would go to the federal court first, then to the um, to the Supreme Court. I thought we have to go through the federal courts first. No, it will. You go through the federal oh. court that is the uh, top judiciary, the U.S. Supreme Court. That's the appeal process. I mean, I'll, I'll look. I'll so ask the senator. I'll I'll ask the senator. Maybe there's some sort of process thing that can go, but um, that's not my understanding of where, how this thing escalates. Well, I'll be honest, KC, the only thing we can do is try to win the, win the midterm elections so we can get enough Republican um, legislators. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol... Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, this particular justices need a review. I know people are going to say, well, that starts the slippery slope. Well, we're already in a slippery slope right now. 
to where the judiciary is basically whatever the Democrat Party doesn't like. They go, they run to these, um, the Supreme Court of North Carolina, and then they say, hey, we don't like this, and then they say it's racism. So we're already in a slippery slope. So if Republicans, if Republicans can win the midterms and we can get a strong enough majority, we may be able to repeat, um, impeach one of them. That's, right. Well, no, no, you don't have to do. impeach. Look, you don't have to impeach them. There's two. The two of the liberal justices are up for reelection. I, uh, you know, if you if you win that, no, the process is this, but it's one that is politically because people have um, the attention span of gnats. Here's the problem. So, if you are able mm-hmm. to, let's say that you're able to capture a uh, first of all a veto-proof majority in the in the legislature, and take the Supreme Court, then. Republicans will be in a position where they essentially have to pass a law saying that uh, it is okay to gerrymander as long as it is for political reasons. Um, and that is, people, that will be, that'll be worse than HB2. They're in a, they're in a pickle, man. Um, you can't just you know undo it. You essentially have to reestablish what was established law here and convince people that, um, you have to sell the story about how they usurped their obligation and their job to do the job of another branch of government. And unfortunately, that is far too complex for many idiots out there. Well, you know what, KC, then that falls to our local county GOPs. Um, offices and our local county GOP chairmen to get the word out what's going on to the people Doesn't, within the counties. They ain't, ain't going to happen. Jamal, I'm telling you that, that, that what, what happened on Friday, as, as much as it is an absolute bastardization of uh, you know, how this is supposed to work, is because of the time frame of it is, is political suicide in many instances to try to undo. Unless I'm missing something, which is why we're having... Uh, the sen- the state mm-hmm. senator on, um, but you know I I thought about this over the weekend. It's just you know it there there's there's no good options there. There's really not. So, Casey, as long as there's a Democrat party here in North Carolina that doesn't care a media that won't hold them accountable, there's no political suicide for them. It's only political suicide for us. That's what I well I that's mean, what I just us, said. I know you're not. Because I know you, because yeah. I know you try to say it's neutral. Because I'm not saying us is it me and you. I'm not saying I'm neutral. No, 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 no. Let me be okay. very clear here. I'm not saying I'm neutral. I have my opinions, and obviously they tend to lean that way. I think the Republican Party in this state is a joke from the leader, especially with the leadership that they have. What a bunch of feckless idiots! Yeah. They, uh, to um, you know, and and that's again, that's why I'm picking brains here because I've sat there and I've thanks for the call, Jamal. I give this a lot of thought over the weekend. Frankly, I hate thinking over the weekend. And I don't understand a process where you come through with this unless you literally pass a law and say, no, we're going to establish that gerrymandering for the purpose of partisan reasons is fine. Think about that. Think about that in, you know, the time frame necessary, you know, two years down the road trying to pass a law like that. You get crucified because people won't remember any of this or they won't understand contextually why you're doing it. And you can make all the 100-year or 150-year arguments. But, you know, ultimately, it'll fall on deaf ears because people's attention spans are too short. 648 KCO Day radio program back in just a bit. Mm-hmm. 
10 years of news twice an hour and smart talk all day. 94.5 WPTI in the Triad and 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle. All right, good morning and uh, welcome. It is 6.54 here on the KCO Day radio program. We're going to dive into the... um, Dive into uh, the Supreme Court, uh, North Carolina Supreme Court ruling. We'll do that with uh, State Senator Amy Gailey coming up uh, 7.05. So, you know, not too far away. There's a really weird story i got to tell you about, though. So this happened in uh, Oregon. So this dude uh, says he's a DEA agent, right? Meets this woman. And then... um, Attempts to recruit this woman. It sounds like uh, there were some romantic intentions there. So he's posing as a DEA agent. He eventually literally says he's training this woman, tells her that she's going through the training process. She, you know, essentially works with him for a probationary period during which uh, she said that they would go and they would build confidential informants. They would talk to homeless people. Um uh, issue citations, which D agents are not running around giving out warnings. Um, and eventually he got her credentials in a badge saying that she was a full-fledged DEA agent so that he could spend a bunch of time with her as uh, they were partners as well. Well, eventually a police officer in Portland sees these two, sees the DEA patches, goes over literally just to have a conversation with them. And quickly realizes, I don't think these are DEA agents. Starts asking questions and eventually um, comes to the conclusion that, uh, one, this guy's full of crap, and two, this woman honestly thinks she's a DEA agent, and she's not. Now, the guy said it was, quote, he he was cosplaying and he was, quote, really into it. There's a... Crazy story. Uh, officers found handcuffs, holsters, even a BB gun that looked like an AR-15 in in possession of the man. Um, he insisted that he and the woman were cosplaying and, quote, really into it. Uh, he also had police lights on his car to get through traffic, but they honestly believed that this woman for a year thought she was training to be a federal law enforcement officer or, or uh, eventually she thought she was a DEA agent. I guess he must have been paying her as well. I don't. They don't address that here in the story. But police do believe that he duped this woman into believing all of that. Do you think you'd ask a few questions, man? Especially the pay part. He's, you know, was he paying her in cash? I should throw up some red flags. Also, I mentioned that uh, there was a U.S.-born skater that literally gave up her um, uh, her citizenship, renounced her citizenship so she could compete with China. And um, she she did so badly, it literally knocked China out of the medals for the, for the uh, team stuff. Dropped them from third to fifth. And now... The top, the top trending thing following this in China is eventually is essentially Chinese citizens mocking her for sucking. So she gave up her U.S. citizenship 
said she was going to go over to China, and now China is roasting her. Uh, let's see. Uh, Zhu missed a jump early, fell, hit the wall, then missed another jump, and uh, has now uh, is now the object of ire for uh, Chinese Olympic enthusiasts as well as some government officials. I'm telling you, absolutely brutal, man. They also started ripping on her for not being fluent in the language as well as for taking a spot on the Chinese Olympic team, considering that she's not any good. Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, anyway, a couple things there for you. We're going to get into it coming up here in just a few minutes. State Senator Amy Gailey will join us. And, uh, I don't know, maybe she can explain whatever the path is that Republicans have, because I don't see it. You do all the impeaching you want. You're still where you are. We'll get into it next. Hang on. Good morning and uh, happy Monday, everybody, if there is such a thing. Uh, 707 here on the KCO Day radio program. And obviously, we have uh, we dove in a little bit this morning on the North Carolina Supreme Court ruling, which came down uh, you know, after the show on Friday. Surprising but not surprising, the language as you read it through essentially uh, creates a... Uh, uh, almost, I don't want to say it's a statute because uh, that would be uh, that would be too proper, but essentially has one branch of government doing a different branch's uh, job, and so the question becomes: If you're the Republicans here, what do you do? And you know, in 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 my limited analysis, just thinking about it over the weekend, I don't know that there's a lot of paths uh, that are advantageous, especially since the Supreme Court has indicated that they don't really want to hear gerrymandering cases. So where do we go from here? State Senator Amy Gailey joins us. Uh, good morning, Senator. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? Thank you for having me this morning. I'm assuming you guys had a lot of conversations over the weekend, and um, I'm just curious, what's the plan uh, for the GOP in North Carolina going forward since uh, the judiciary, I guess, feels that they can do your job? Well, um, I'm not authorized to speak for the General Assembly or uh, for uh, Speaker Moore or Senator Berger at this point, but uh, I can tell you that all options are being evaluated. The um, situation is being looked at very closely, for sure, by the legal team and everybody else. Okay, but all right, so in your own, let's talk about your own thought process, because obviously you, like everybody else, I'm sure sat down and said, okay, where do we go from here? Um I read, you know, people want, uh, we, we need to impeach. I don't know what that does. Uh, we need to pass a law. By the time you have, uh, you know, post-election, and let's say you guys do have a veto-proof majority, uh, you would then have to pass a law essentially establishing the ability to gerrymander for partisan purposes, and the media eats you alive on that. 
So in from your thought process standpoint, what do you think is the option? Well, I think one people need to, is that people really need to understand what bad law this is and how it's a partisan power grab by the Democrats on the Supreme Court that the um, the Supreme Court has violated the separation of powers by giving the redistricting to the judicial branch and taking it away from the legislature in direct uh, contradiction with the North Carolina's uh, Constitution that expressly gives that power to the legislature. Um, one thing people really need to understand is, for example, the Guilford-Rockingham cluster that divided up three Senate districts between two Democrats and one Republican was actually literally drawn by Senator Gladys Robinson, who's a Democrat from Guilford County. And the Supreme Court found that district to be an example of racially or of uh, partisan gerrymandering. How can that be a Republican partisan gerrymander when it was literally drawn by a Democrat? People need to understand that. And they also need to understand that the Democrats claim to be the party of um, democracy, which, of course, the United States is not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. But you notice that they picked up on this democracy word and repeat it constantly. They beat it like a drum. Well, they've taken redistricting, and they've essentially given it into the hands of one person, and that's the um, swing vote on the North Carolina Supreme Court. There's absolutely nothing democratic about that. So to go back to your question, what can people do or what are we doing, what, what's the uh, approach? One approach that is very, very important is that people elect Republican Supreme Court justices in November. People need to remember the name Richard Dietz. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And the names uh, Trey Allen and April Wood. Trey Allen and April Wood have a primary to see who's going to be on the uh, ballot in November. But Richard Dietz, Trey Allen, and April Wood are the candidates for uh, Supreme Court that people need to remember in November. Um, one thing that people themselves can do out there listening to this today is to look up the Judicial Victory Fund for the GOP, and if you're able, make a donation to that or get involved in these campaigns and help these candidates get across okay, the finish but, line in November. Right, right, right. But why? Why? Because then we can um, we can readjust this uh, or take this court back to a place where it makes solid law that is based on well-established legal principles and take away the power of this runaway court that has um, no, 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 no. I, has I, usurped I, Senator, the power of the legislature. I, I, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, that question wasn't complete enough. Why? I oh, mean, specifically, you, no, 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 that's, that's on me. From a, explain to me why electing two Republicans other than perhaps um, it, the, the court uh, will, will not attempt to do everyone else's job specifically as it pertains to the ruling that we saw Friday, if two Republicans are elected in the upcoming election, what are they going to be able to do? See, the job is on you guys to explain to people why electing Republicans, other than, you know, perhaps that's people's preference, what specifically that can do about the ruling we saw Friday. Because I don't understand 
how just putting Republicans in there solves the problem that emerged Friday. So can you explain that to me? No, you're right. That's a good question. Um, How do you pick up your life and move on after a nuclear bomb? What the Democrats did with their decision is essentially a nuclear bomb on redistricting in North Carolina, in my opinion. Um, There's no easy pickup from it. There's no clear... In my, you know, in my opinion, I'm an attorney and, um, you know, studied government for quite some time. There, there's not an easy, okay, this is one thing we can do that I absolutely fix this real quick. What they've done is really destructive to the fab, in my opinion, to the fabric of, um, of redistricting and of, uh, the basic fabric of the law in North Carolina and establish legal precedents and the separation of powers. I, 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 again, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, but nobody's going to carry your message from a media perspective, save a few outlets. I mean, the, the uphill battle is significant. So what people are looking for, and that's why I wanted to chat with you, and I understand that you know things are still um, uh, coming together, is I'm curious what the plan is. And, and I have not seen any analysis or seen any indication from any uh, GOP elected officials at least on social media over the weekend and a couple interviews that I saw where anyone has any concrete plan other than to say, you know, well, we, we need to elect Republicans. Great. Tell me why that changes things. And, and maybe you guys don't have an answer yet, but um, I, I haven't seen it. Well, I think that, um, you know, there's also there's the opportunity to appeal to the United States Supreme Court uh there's the opportunity to, uh, you know, work to come up with maps that are reasonable-ish to try to get through. we got to get through this election. You know, we're staring down at a filing period that I believe, off the top of my head, reopens February 24th um, after only two and a half days or two days of filing in December. Right. Um, there's a, it's, it's a big mess. I'll be, you know, it is. It's just a big mess in trying to sort it out and come up with an approach. There's not an easy answer. How do you pick up after after a nuclear bomb like that? Um, trying to sort think, it out. Do you think see- maps? Do you think maps representing uh, the, the likelihood that ten Republicans will win congressional seats represents North Carolina as it currently is divided? Yeah, I do because it's based on the geography of the state. You can't, there's no legal standard ever that is said in North Carolina that the congressional or general assembly representation has to repre- has to reflect a statewide um, vote. You know, it's, it's done by region, and we're separated geographically, you know? I, no, 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 I agree with you, and, and so I guess I'm wondering why, you know, um, uh, obviously you represent over in the triad, but uh, specifically a lot of listeners listening live in Wake County. Uh, this morning since we broadcast in both and they're sitting there and they have representation that is 100 percent democratic uh, from a county commissioner standpoint so if the new standard in north carolina is that there needs to be uh, representation that is representative of the voter base then my question is why isn't the gop sitting there and saying well okay fine you want to you want to go this route then we're going to go this route and we're not going to have Wake County, which is 30% Republican or 34% Republican, not have a third of their elected officials be uh, Republicans. You, you, you understand what I'm, what I'm laying out here 
Is that a path you guys want to go down and say, fine, you want to do this at the state level? We're going to do this at the local level as well. 100%. I mean, that is a really great point that, um, that I'd hope to raise. Actually, that uh, if, if uh, there's, it, this is essentially proportional representation. And I watched the oral arguments last Wednesday, and Chief Justice Neve really grilled the lawyer for the plaintiffs on that, that. And they claim that it's not proportional representation, but it really is. And uh, if we're going to do this at the state level, we need to do it at the local level as well. Yeah, I just, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see what the roadmap is here, Senator. And like I said, I know you guys are uh, having a lot of conversations, I'm sure. When do you think that uh, people will start seeing an indication, I mean, of, of where leadership is going to head? I, I would assume that Berger and Moore need to speak out to this starting this week since it was a Friday news cycle. And uh, I guess I'm wondering, are, are they going to be in a position to do that in your understanding? Yeah, I think that that's a reasonable assumption. And I think that all the options are on the table. I think that very smart people are thinking through each one of the options to sort of think it through. What are the pros? What are the cons? What's the likelihood of success? What are the, um, what's the burden of proof? Or what, what do we have to do in each of the situations to be able to come through with the result that we want. And um, I think that everybody would feel better to know that things are being thought through very carefully and deliberately and not done in a, um, you know, a haphazard or a, a knee-jerk kind of way. It's a very thoughtful uh, process. Okay. Uh, State Senator Amy Gailey, appreciate it this uh, morning for uh, joining us, and uh, we'll keep following it this week, okay? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All right, absolutely. It is a 718 KCO Day radio program. Hang on. Your day smarter and celebrating 10 years of keeping you better informed. 1061 FM Talk and News Talk 94.5 WPTI. More with KC starts now. All right, good morning and uh, 724. Well, I didn't get um, didn't get my question answered, but they're working on it. So I guess that's where we uh, find ourselves this morning, uh, following the Friday uh, Supreme Court ruling here in uh, in uh, North Carolina. All options are on the table. So and 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 again, to my point, it is going to be imperative for uh, Senator Gailey and 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 the rest of the GOP to communicate whatever that plan is and um obviously they're going to have more of an uphill battle considering that if you look at the editorial side for most of the major news outlets in north carolina they're they're all in on this idea they're going to hate it when um when the court is the next time the court is a gop majority and they'll gnash teeth and talk about how it's the end of democracy and she's correct on that democracy is the drum that they're beating uh, basically the word democracy and equity, those two words in pretty much anything and everything. And in reality, basically ignoring how we have a structured government here and and how the process is supposed to work. And I don't for a moment think that the GOP, when put in a position of power, is going to restrain themselves from doing the same damn thing if it accomplishes whatever the um, you know, whatever the end goal is. But on this particular issue, again, 
I don't know that there is a roadmap that's out there. And say I'm being cynical, but I still, even after that interview and everything I've read over the weekend, I don't know what that roadmap looks like. You can remind people all you want, but it doesn't it doesn't undo the ruling. So uh, anyway, we'll, obviously we'll continue to uh, follow that and uh, see where we go from there. All right, um, you know the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Cincinnati Bengals, L.A. Rams. Don't worry, it's in Los Angeles, so there'll be a bunch of Hollywood uh, uh, elitists running around with no masks because uh, they're giant, big old fat hypocrites. But um, I, in a way, I guess I'm kind of rooting for the Bengals. Kind of rooting for the Bengals just so they can kind of stick it in L.A.'s eye. Also, because the Bengals, they have a cause, right? They're not just there to win it because they just want to win it. No, no, no. In the great city of Cincinnati, they're going to win it for someone or technically something. Has there been any discussion around the locker room about winning this one for Harambe? Mm. Bringing one home for the Sweet Prince. For the Lowland Gorilla. Sweet Prince, no. uh, I mean, that's our guy. That's our hero. Uh Uh, I think that's known. Kind of goes without saying. Right. Um, You know, we're doing this for him. So so it's safe to say that you were on the side of the Harambe grievers and, like, the kid, like, shouldn't have been there. It's tough to say, um, <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. That's right. Win it for Harambe. You got a, you got a favorite in this game, Ross, do you, or do you care? You don't uh, care, Bob. Yeah, I got a parlay bet on them uh, both losing. So it's a super parlay uh, on the under, and I'm looking forward to it. Do you, do you understand what a, I, have, I have no idea what any of that means. Okay, but yeah, I want both teams to lose. So you're 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 rooting for stadium collapse. Y- yes, it is a new stadium, right? You know, so there's that. So you know, maybe maybe you'll you'll get your uh, get your way. Just saying. All right, eight 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 nine three four seven eight seven four. All right, Ross is uh, Ross is rooting for. Mm, Major death. You don't want anyone to die, right? Uh, correct. I just want the, oh, uh, the okay. uh, a right. big sinkhole. Just a big, just a big sinkhole. But they're able to get everyone out eventually. And all right, well that's like a that's baby fine. Jessica situation. They'll be fine. Well, they just had that over the weekend. It didn't work out. I don't know if you saw that. Celebrating 10 years of keeping you connected. This is 94.5 WPTI in the Triad and 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle. All right, good morning. It is 7.36 here on the KCO Day radio program. A few different things going on. Boy, Florida was busy over the weekend. I got like one, two, three, three stories from Florida. Including uh, a woman who says SpongeBob uh, ordered her to murder her daughter. Which sounds exactly like something SpongeBob would do. We'll get to that story in a bit. I chatted earlier with uh, State Senator Amy Gailey. Um, I'm just wondering, from a Republican perspective, what they're going to be doing following the uh, Friday uh, North Carolina Supreme Court ruling. I mean, ultimately, they still have to redraw maps and... 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, it's it's a little up in the air, specifically what the parameters are going to be. But to the point of uh, if the court is actually saying that there needs to be a uh, maps that represent the current breakdown of North Carolina, which which I would point out is based on registration more so than anything, because ultimately people, just because they are affiliated with one party or not affiliated with any, you don't necessarily know how they voted. You can, you know, if you're registered Democrat or Republican, you can be assured that the vast majority did vote in those directions, but people cross lines. And if that's the case, then uh, I got a beef with um, uh, some local stuff, and I'm sure several of you do as well. How you have... um, you have whole counties that are all R or all D. So what do you do in those instances? How deep down this rabbit hole do you want to go? And uh, thus far, I still haven't heard, you know, how deep they want to go. So hopefully we'll find out more this week. Let me grab a call here. Uh, Doug, what's up? Hi. Um, yeah, I was listening to your uh, interview with the senator, and something struck me. How come the Republicans are not as prepared as the Democrats with lawsuits drawn up prior to decisions of the court. Because there is currently an active legal thing, and the remedy is to go to the North or the U.S. Supreme Court. You don't need Correct. a lawsuit and, uh, to do that. De- you can appeal it up there. Well, the Democrats always have uh, lawsuits ready and waiting, all drawn up immediately, and it looks like the Republicans are sitting there twiddling their thumbs. Right, but I'm, what I'm trying to determine is what lawsuit do you want them to file, Doug? Appeal. Right. Well, they're going. The they're going court. to appeal it. I mean, that's that's unquestionable. The Supreme Court has indicated they probably won't take Kate gerrymandering cases, but um, well, the senator didn't say that. She heed and hawed. She should have. said No, she that. said that. She said that specifically I, because oh, I was going to say okay. it if she didn't I say it. Yeah, she, it. she indicated. She said that that is one of the remedies. Um, but the Supreme Court has indicated that they don't have an appetite for gerrymandering cases. You know, they don't have to file well, a lawsuit because there is an active court case is the point that I'm making in this case. Now, yeah, to your point, state, I'm to your federal. Yes, I, I understand. So now the process is the appeals process, which they've already indicated they're going to do. And they're well, they, go. They should have go, done it. They should have done it. I, I don't. Well, I don't understand what you. I'm, I'm happy Democrats to be critical. They if... have prepared lawsuits ready to go one way or another. They had lawsuits waiting for this one way or another to go their way. It appeals. Um, it seems like they're more reactive than proactive. The Republicans couldn't appeal it until after the ruling on Friday. There's literally nothing yeah, they the... could do until they got the ruling. And they then indicated literally minutes after the ruling their intent to appeal it. Well, the I mean, Democrats would have had something drawn up right away to file on an appeal. That's what I'm saying. How do you know that they don't? They have not. Because the ruling came down at the, at, at the end of the day on Friday. 
I, I, Doug, I'm with you, man. If you want to talk about overall preparedness, I agree with you. I think Republicans yep. generally, and and it, it's and it's part of it's rooted in the fact that they, you know, Republicans don't necessarily think the courts uh, need to be the remedy to usurp the other uh, judicial branches. Except now, maybe they will think that because you know, go along to get along. Um, I I hear that, you there, but in this instance, yeah, I think we agree I don't, that they're. The Republicans were not prepared correctly for this. They tend I, not to no, fight. We're, no, no, we're Democrat. not because I don't. I don't know what I don't know what they could have done. Now, if you could indicate something that they could have done uh, from a preparedness standpoint, they said they would appeal literally moments after it. I don't. I'm happy. I'm happy to uh, uh, trounce all over them. I, I, I'm really surprised that the senator didn't have something more concrete to tell us. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, that, that struck me odd. That struck me very yeah. odd. Okay. All right. All right, Doug, appreciate the call this morning. Thank you very much. Huh. 741. Uh, let's grab one of our uh, fun little Florida stories, shall we? What did you do over the weekend? Everybody have a good weekend? I bet your weekend wasn't as interesting as this dude's. All right, so listen to this whole series of events. It starts in a bar in Martin County, Florida, which is uh, Port St. Lucie. 38-year-old Bradford Weitzel walks out of the bar, says he can't find his car. Hate it when that happens. So uh, Weitzel stole another car, but only so he could drive around and find his car. He wasn't going to keep the car. And all of this was explained to officers later. We'll get to that part. So he steals a car so he can go attempt to find his own car. The problem is, Weitzel can't really drive a clutch. I know. So eventually, Weitzel kills the, kills the car and just happens to be partially on a railroad track. And oh, by the way, here comes a train. According to uh, detectives, the train smashed into the car and uh, uh, launched it literally through the wall of a nearby home. So Weitzel's in the stolen car on the train track. Just the uh, It was a deflecting gl uh, a glance of the train, launched the car through the wall of a home. Thankfully, it didn't. nobody inside was injured. Weitzel exits the vehicle runs down the street, finds a fruit stand, breaks into it, start, eats a bunch of fruit, then steals a forklift so he can go uh, uh, continue to find his car. Eventually, he's unable to operate the fork. I don't know if it ran out of gas or he didn't know what he was doing. So Weitzel decides to stand in the middle of a highway and flag down a passing sheriff's deputy and asked him to help him find his car, Weitzel, who is described as uh, uh, extremely intoxicated, also explains to the deputy all the steps he's taken thus far to locate his car. From the train to the stolen car to the stolen forklift to the fruit stand. So as you can imagine, he is then placed into custody. Anybody want to guess where his car was? I was in the parking lot right there <laughs> the whole time. So there you go. That's what, uh, that's what Mr. Weitzel did over the weekend. Far more interesting than anything you did. Ray Stajic, Weather Channel. Maybe he had a uh, more interesting weekend. What's up, my man? Good morning, sir. How are you? 
I'm pretty good, uh, you know, other than the part where uh, freezing rain is uh, hampering some folks around here, but yeah. uh, hopefully that won't be for long. Yeah, you know, it's the worst type of wintry precipitation, and uh, freezing rain uh, being reported, uh, Orange, Alamance, and through Percy Counties, um, into Caswell and Points West as you get into the uh, triad of the city of Raleigh and Wake County, not in the advisory. Durham is and Durham County, so it's close enough that with some light rain around, some of it is freezing, especially west and north, and is and could be causing more problems, especially on the bridges and overpasses and some of the untreated road surfaces. So a little bit of a surprise here on a Monday morning, and as we go through the day, though, temperatures should get above freezing. We should be in better shape later, as temperatures will probably be in the mid-upper 40s as we get in through the second part of the day. And some of us may not reach 40 degrees where you have the more persistent precip. So a chilly day, but it should be mainly liquid by this afternoon, especially. Uh, the advisory expires at 10. Tonight will drop to near freezing for everybody. Cloud to give away some sunshine tomorrow. Better. Highs low 50s, and the rest of the week looks great for this time of year. Wednesday through Friday, plenty of sunshine with highs in the upper 50s to low 60s. Saturday looks good. I'm going to mention it, KC, because it's going to get into the mid 60s before we cool off again Sunday and Monday. Monday's Valentine's Day, by the way, Casey. Make sure you're prepared and don't forget um, for your Valentine. And it does look like that might be our next opportunity for some wintry precip. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. All righty. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. We'll talk in an hour. See you. Yep, there you go. Ray Stajic from the uh, Weather Channel. Hey, Ross, you didn't acquire a uh, five-foot-long, 60-pound giant ceramic turtle over the weekend, did you? A little, something for the, uh, a little something for the living room? I only asked because uh, apparently somebody stole one over the weekend. No, really? And, yeah. Can, can you describe it? It's a five-foot-long fiberglass turtle. That's mine. Well, I'm sorry, what? That's mine. Oh, that's yours. You know, wait, missing. It's a coffee table? Oh, no? It's a man okay. to be returned. It weighs 60 pounds, and uh, somebody stole it. There's a $2,000 reward for it, too. Oh, this thing's hideous. I'm looking at a picture of it. Ugh. It looks like, I guess if you, if, you, if you lived in Albuquerque, it would fit in. It's a very interesting-looking turtle. All right. Uh, 888-934-7874. Back in just a moment. If you've ever ordered food for work, you understand. It's different. There's just so much more at stake. Whether it's a meeting, a client call, or lunch with the office that has to arrive at the actual lunchtime, food for work has to work. That's why there's Easy Cater. Food that's on time and as ordered from over 82,000 restaurants. And if there's a problem, rare, you can reach someone in seconds. Thank you for calling Easy Cater. Some food just doesn't work at work, but Easy Cater just does. Order 24-7 at easycater.com. The show after the show is on the iHeartRadio app. Search KCO Day for the podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Ago, we saw some of the uh, fundraising numbers, the quarterly reports uh, for the U.S. Senate candidates. Ted Budd, Pat McCrory, Mark Walker, and um, actually, there was another name up there, actually in third place. Uh, she's a bit of a latecomer to the Senate race, Marjorie Eastman. We're going to chat with her coming up at uh, 8.05. Um, I, I've actually had a chance to meet 
uh, Marjorie Eastman, uh, a, a mutual a, a mutual acquaintance of ours, um, invited me to a thing. This was before she was running, so uh, it'll be interesting to uh, I've, I've chatted with her since, so it'll be interesting to uh, talk to her uh, now that she's in the Senate race and um, you know see uh, see what the differences are out there. You know, besting, uh, uh, besting from a financial standpoint, one of the top three there uh, after just getting into the race is kind of a big deal. So uh, we'll have that conversation uh, coming up 8.05. All right. So check this out. Uh, the mother of three boys, ages 8, 10, and 12, uh, said she was extremely concerned uh, when they all came down with a substantial fever and it progressed into muscle pain and eventually tremors. And so, as you can imagine, she rushed them all to the hospital, and initially, doctors couldn't figure out what the problem was. Eventually, the youngest fessed up to what the problem was. So apparently, these three geniuses had just seen Spider-Man and had encountered a Black Widow spider in their yard, and uh, apparently started goading it with a stick so it would bite them so they could become Spider-Man. Spoiler, they did not become Spider-Man. Thankfully, uh, they will live uh, eventually once they knew what it was. They didn't want to tell doctors or their mother initially because superheroes are supposed to keep their identity secret. Uh, you know the rules. So, Although, isn't, isn't the... I haven't seen the new Spider-Man. Ross, have you seen the new Spider-Man yet? I've not, I haven't no. seen it. But I understand that one of the plot points is his identity is really not secret anymore, right? I think that's yeah, the knows. main point, yeah. Yeah, so if they had been motivated. So, yeah, don't let a Black Widow bite you. You will not become a super uh, superhero. Can you imagine it bites you and you turn into the, like, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, at that point, I mean, it's well, just... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Go find something else poisonous and let that bite you some more. Um, yeah, I just now they're eight, ten, and twelve. You think the twelve-year-old would know better? I don't know, but they are right. You got to keep your identity secret. So um, doctors say they expect they'll make a full recovery. I like how in the article though they literally put a line in here. As much as we'd all like to swing, climb, and predict future events like our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. There's unfortunately no scientific evidence that getting bitten by a spider or any other animal, for that matter, will give you uh, super superpowers. So I'm thank you, uh, thank you, reporter in this story, for indicating that, so that nobody's nobody's confused on that point. And like clockwork, here we go. There's two things that'll happen every year. One, right around um, Halloween. There'll be some freak out over a um, sorority or fraternity having some weird party, right? And, you know, where they're like, hey, let's all dress as, uh, you know, 
uh, Chinese railroad workers. That'll be our theme. And then pictures will get posted and everyone will lose their damn minds. And secondly, somebody will decide that uh, to uh, commemorate Black History Month that they need to have a special menu at school. And again, it's not that serving fried chicken at a school is problematic. It's the part where you bill it as a traditional Black History Month meal. Off to Massachusetts, because, of course, Xavier Brothers High School decided to kick off the first day of Black History Month with a commemorative fried chicken lunch. In honor of Black History Month, one way we will celebrate is by highlighting a traditional meal each week that is a staple of Southern black cuisine. Today's lunch is fried chicken. That's the announcement that got made Tuesday via email to students and parents. And again, it's not that anybody objects to serving fried chicken at the school cafeteria. Hell, that sounds a lot better than that food they were shoveling kids under uh, when Michelle Obama was meddling with that. That being said... You probably don't want to bill it in that fashion. Let's see. Figure out who approved it. So just the lunch ladies or what? School officials said the announcement would go on to uh, said that the announcement would go on to state that the Civil War during the Reconstruction era. Some newly freed African-American women gained economic independence by selling fried chicken. Okay, so that was their angle there. The celebratory meal was reportedly recommended by an African-American food service employee who wished to develop menu items that represented historic Southern black cuisine being the background of the employee. High school officials told reporters the commemoration was an attempt to educate students about black history and culture. Yeah, again, I don't necessarily, I have no objection, one, to serving fried chicken, but, because uh, I, I, I like fried chicken very much, but all, you just, you're not going to win doing it in that fashion, even if, in this case, you're trying to educate. Just FYI. All right? Good. So uh, good Monday morning, everybody. It is uh, hour number three kicking off here on the Monday edition of the KCO Day radio program. And um, we've um, we've covered this last week when we started seeing some of the numbers, uh, the fundraising numbers published of the U.S. Senate candidates. Uh, names you recognize, obviously the candidates that are, uh, I guess, holding the majority from a polling standpoint, former Governor McCrory. Uh, Congressman Ted Budd, former Congressman Mark Walker. Budd, uh, in third place, uh, was one of the newest candidates, uh, Marjorie Eastman, who uh, joins us now. Good morning, uh, Marjorie. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? 
Uh, very, very good. I, I let some folks know you and I have had a chance to actually meet each other previously through a uh, mutual friend. This was uh, before you were running. And, um, you know, one, one of the things uh, when we, what we talked about at that time and obviously continues to be a big issue and uh, I see as a core focus on a lot of the stuff I'm reading about you uh, is, one, your military background, but two, um, what we saw with the withdrawal from Afghanistan, which kind of is getting pushed aside right now with everything happening with Russia and Ukraine. So why don't we start there on the uh, getting to know you side of things and uh, let folks know a little about your background and, and really why you got into this race when it was already a pretty busy race. Well, I really appreciate that. And, and you're exactly right. It was the disastrous fall of Afghanistan that was my tipping point. And, you know, to rewind a little bit to know a little more about me, 20 years ago when 9-11 happened, that's when I looked at myself and said, how do I help? Because no one does that to my country. And I joined the military, and I served two combat tours. And, you know, you fast forward to where we are today with all the crises we're surrounded with to that disastrous, reckless withdrawal, which was completely avoidable. It was just my breaking point. And I realized, you know, the root of all these crises that we're surrounded with, we have too many career politicians making decisions for us. And they're making decisions off of public opinion polls, and, and they're not making decisions as leaders. And it's time we send a fresh voice and an outsider for North Carolina. And so, just like you described, I am the only combat veteran that's running in this U.S. Senate race, the only mom that has a little boy climbing on a school bus in a few minutes, and I'm also the only outsider. And this is personal, because with Afghanistan, that's where we see all the problems we have now with Ukraine and Russia. I mean, everything. This is just a display of Biden, how weak we look in the world because of his terrible decision on Afghanistan last August. Let me let me ask you the follow-up question, because a lot of people will say, okay, well, then what should they have done? So let me ask you, um, what should they have done? Um, do you think we should still be in Afghanistan, or should the process have been different? What would you have done? Well, it's not that we left, it's how we left. And Biden was arrogant, and he was doing it for a slick maneuver of, of getting out by the 20th anniversary. And again, this is not leadership. That's what career politicians do. He should have listened to you know, the conditions on the ground, and it should have been a, a bigger decisions on, you know, how does this affect our national security and our role as a leader in the world and, and, and he wasn't asking those questions. And so that's the problem. And, and that's why, again, I just, you can just go right back to how this is to a career politician. And, oh, by the way, those are the three guys that I'm running against, career politicians. If you add them all up, they have over 40 years, four decades of IOUs and baggage. And, you know, just like your listeners, I'm a voter, too. And I am tired. I am tired of career politicians. What? Um, well, let's, let's so let's say you're elected into the Senate. I don't know. I don't know if you're pledging to run one term or not. But um, after your first term, you would be a career politician, right? So what specifically <laughs> is? Well, I mean, I'm just doing the math here. I mean, it would be roughly equivalent to both the level of service that uh, Walker and Bud have provided from a year standpoint. So how do you well, avoid you, falling into the trap that you're now criticizing? Well, I'll tell you, this is why. I am a candidate that took a pledge for term limits. 
I believe we need to be brave enough to fix the problems in the system. And one of my first speeches and legislation I'm going to support year after year is finding a way we have to create a better system and we need term limits. And I am a passionate, passionate supporter of that. So I took a pledge right out of the gates that I would honor term limits. And I believe that's, that's what we need to ask and hold our, our candidates accountable to. And I think, you know, your life tells a story. You know, you can see how all these other guys, you know, it's, they're looking for a promotion. They're looking for that paycheck to stay there because they've been in the political system. You look at my life and I served my country. I came home and I, I got a job. <laughs> I've actually worked. I'm a business leader. And I have perspective also that's very important in regards to, you know, being the mom right now. You, we can't underscore how important it is to, that we need to focus on our children and helping them regain momentum in their education right now. And I have a front row seat to that. I'm a parent, and I see firsthand how our children have been impacted by the pandemic. Johns Hopkins uh, University had a study that came out uh, strangely, it's not getting as much public uh, pub as you would think it would, but it basically said that the trade-offs we've made as it pertains to children is far more detrimental than the threat of the disease, which, you know, a year ago, if you'd have said that on Twitter, they would have suspended your account. So where do we go from here? Not because Did you see the video of the assistant superintendent for Wake County Schools talking about training two-year-olds so they'll be mass compliant when they're four? This video from oh, last week. Oh, my gosh. How do we how do we get video. how do we purge the people within the system that that sit here and subscribe to this because it, it it's 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 deeply rooted within school districts county boards uh, governors you name it every level of government people are bought in on this. Well, to every single parent listening right now, like you, I am with you, and I want you to know you have a voice. You have the power and, and you have the ability to change this. And we've seen it across the country. I've met amazing parents across North Carolina who are showing up to these school board meetings. They're now running for, for positions themselves. And that's the whole point. Let's, let's kind of look up, let's look north here and see what happened in Virginia. I mean, talk about the newly elected Governor Youngkin and the power of supporting parents. I mean, that, that's a story that's so powerful. And, you know, I'll tell you, that's one of the best compliments I've received in the last couple of months since I've, I've been campaigning. People have started to call me the North Carolina Yunkin. They said, ah, you're the fresh voice. You, you support parents. You're the outsider. And so if North Carolina wants to win our general election with confidence, we need to send a North Carolina Yunkin because that's how we're going to do it. The um, I would I would I'd, I've talked to uh, most of your opponents and I'd, I don't think any of your opponents disagree with you on this position. So my question is, why is Marjorie Eastman the best person to carry out that very message, which a lot of Republicans are latching on to right now, uh, seeing what happened up in Virginia? What differentiates you? Well, I think it gets down to, you know, a phrase that we would say in the military, do you have skin in the game? And, you know, whether it's security, the economy, or education, my life has shown the story. And it tells the story that I've had skin in the game. I would have, I would have given my life for this country. And, you know, when I look at my little boy, 
like I said, I've got the front row seat. I can relate and I can under, you know, I understand on a level that is completely different than these other career politicians who are not there. They're not going through this right now. They don't see it. And so I have skin in the game again. I have a little boy. I am a parent right now seeing what's going on. And so that differentiation is so powerful. And North Carolina voters, they see it. And that's why we saw within our first quarter, you know, we beat all those career politicians with the total number of donors for my first quarter ever doing this. And it's just a testament. Our state, you know, we want something new. We want something better. And I'm right there with you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is the... Uh, what is, I mean, obviously, uh, you're, you're running for Senate, so that's the aspiration. At what point do you sit there and in the in the course of this race? I mean, are you in it till the end, or um, do you oh, have yeah, other aspirations? It, yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> no. asking. I'm not asking the question correctly. But I, when I'm trying to figure out, because you've done a lot of things, you're also uh, a uh, an author. Um, and uh, what is the name of the the Frontline Generation? How we serve uh, post nine eleven, which has received many, many, many awards. So. So you go into Senate, other opportunities uh, evolve, and if you're successful from a term limit standpoint, um, then you know maybe you're not in the Senate past whatever those term limits are. So I guess what I'm trying to figure out is how do you fundamentally make that change, hit the ground running if you're elected to the Senate, but more specifically, how do you battle against a Democratic opponent if you emerge from the primary as the Republican nominee successfully? Because Sherry Beasley's raised roughly the same amount of money as the four top people combined, including yourself. That's right. Well, people are just starting to get to know me. Um, And so for what we did in our first quarter, as you know, it turned heads, and it's telling the story. And, you know, it's important what you just mentioned, who we're up against in the general election. We are running against Sherry Beasley, and we know that she's going to have a ton of money behind her. So it's the quality of the candidate. We have to put the best athlete on the field. And, you know, that's the thing that I can do that the other three can't. I can go toe-to-toe with Sherry Beasley, and I can beat her with confidence and be the North Carolina Yunkin. These other three guys I'm running against, they've all gone negative. They're all throwing mud, and they spend mud. They're, they're spending their money on mud, and they're, they're attacking each other. And all of that's landing on a platter dished up perfectly for Sherry Beasley. And so it's a crystal, I mean, it's crystal clear. You can see how this is all playing out. And that's exactly why, you know, I, I see it with voters. You know, we're, we're all on the same page. It's, it's time for a new generation. Marjorie Eastman, uh, Senate candidate here in North Carolina, joining us this morning. I appreciate the time and, you know, let's, uh, let's make a point because I, I chat somewhat regularly with uh, uh, many of your opponents, so uh, we'll we'll leave the uh, open invitation there, and we'll we'll talk through the uh, course of all of this. Okay. Well, let's keep doing that. I mean, we could do Mondays with Marjorie, right? <laughs> you, 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 you know, I'd love to give you updates on 
Well, I'd love to give you updates on what's, what I'm hearing across the state, too, because that's important. Sure. And if any okay. of your listeners want to find out more, they can go to my website. It's MarjorieEastman.com. MarjorieEastman.com. I really appreciate the time this morning, okay? We'll talk soon. It sounds great. Have a great morning. All right, you too. And uh, we will take a break. It is 819 here on the KCO Day radio program. Celebrating 10 years and still going strong. Thank you. KC is on 94.5 WPTI in the Triad and 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle. All right, good morning and uh, welcome back. It is 824 here on the KCO Day radio program. This is a strange story. What is this woman's name? Bethany Coker. Um. Anyway, she lives in. Uh, I, this is British Columbia. Okay, so this is up in Canada. So anyway, uh, Bethany Coker said uh, she, you know, the other day she walks out to her car. She notices some mud on the front seat of her car, and there is actually a picture of it in this story. And that's a lot of mud. And she had thought somebody broke in and spent the night in her vehicle. And I, how calm she is about that is crazy to me, but. Vancouver, she lives in the Vancouver area, is kind of it's kind of like San Francisco and Seattle. They got the homeless encampments and people busting into cars and stuff. And I, I guess maybe you just train your brain to accept it. I think it's insane. I think most of us do. But anyway, so she did do somebody broke in. So she drove over to a car wash and got the uh, you know, the vacuum or the 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 wash and hose and scrubbed her seat down and dried it and was moving on with her life. Days later, she says she noticed the windows of her car fogged up when she walked out. So she started rolling on the uh, on the iPhone there. And all of a sudden, as she's in the car and she's kind of trying to figure out what happened and was making a little video of it, behind her, she hears somebody go, Hey, how you doing? How are you? And she has one of those vehicles that has like the pass-through in the middle of the back seat. And she can see fingers protruding from there. So she gets out of the car, but keeps the camera pointed to the back and starts talking to this dude who is in her trunk. He's in the tr- he's in the trunk and he's chatting with her. Listen to this. Why are you in my trunk? And are you naked? Yeah. What? It's a rite of passage. <laughs> um, it's a rite of passage. Uh, one that I, maybe it's a Canadian rite of passage. I'm unfamiliar with it. And she did, she's able to figure out that this dude has been living in her trunk for at the minimum three days, naked, in her trunk, in Canada. Going to work with her, going to get sushi with her, going to the grocery store. She's running errands the whole time, just naked and in the trunk. Hanging out because it's a rite of passage. Now, as you can imagine, um, authorities, so she calls the police, obviously. Police show up, they open the, crack open the trunk, and boom, there's naked dude. Just living back there. He had some, she had coats and other stuff and a blanket back there, so he'd been covering himself with that. Had some food back there. Just hanging out, naked. Uh, and they, as you can imagine, they took him in for a mental evaluation. And, um... Apparently, he has a, quote, history of doing things like this. 
So that's nice. I just can't get over the fact she just the, there's a longer part of the video and it's a little harder to hear. He's just talking to her like it's normal. Hey, nope, just naked in your trunk. Just naked hanging out back here. So, uh, yeah, that creeped me out to the 10th power. Uh, all right, 827 KCO Day radio program coming up on the show. Got a gruesome story here. So, very sad story. This is um, This is in Florida. Uh, authorities say that they found a three-year-old girl dead. And eventually, um, the mom confessed, but it's what she confessed to. And and what she says drove her to do it. That is uh, back crap crazy, man. We'll get to that story, your phone calls, and uh, much more. Coming up in the final half hour this morning, it is the KCO Day radio program. Hang on. A new decade on the calendar and celebrating 10 years on the air. This is 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle and News Talk 94.5 WPTI in the Triad. All right, welcome back. 835 uh, here on the, or 36 rather, on the uh, KCO Day radio program. Happy Monday, uh, Michael Avenatti, who Brian Stelter on CNN tried to get to run for president, um, and the women on The View were making uh, some very uh, uh, lusty statements towards as uh, he was the nemesis to Donald Trump. Uh, He's now going to do two and a half years in prison for attempting to extort Nike. That's right. A federal judge sentenced Michael Avenatti to 30 months for attempting to extort millions of dollars from Nike. Avenatti, of course, who rose to fame as Stormy Daniels' lawyer, uh, was convicted back in February of 2020. I don't know why. They're only doing the sentencing now. is crazy, but whatever. Um, I suppose maybe because of his other court cases playing out. I don't know. Uh, speaking before the court Thursday, Avenatti openly wept, choking up at several points and pausing in his remarks. Uh, before continuing, referring to the two mediums that fueled his rise to fame, uh, TV and Twitter. Um, I betrayed my own values, my friends, my family, and myself. I and I alone have destroyed my career, my relationships, my life. Uh, according to evidence presented at the trial, Avenatti told lawyers for Nike that he would hold a news conference claiming the company illegally paid players. In exchange for not going public, Avenatti demanded that Nike pay his client at the time, uh, who was a uh, he's a basketball youth basketball coach, one and a half million dollars, and then pay Avenatti a twelve million dollar fee for being the attorney, and also uh, guarantee fifteen to twenty five million in payments for some sort of internal investigation. After initial conversations, Nike's lawyers had approached prosecutors about what they believe was an attempt to extort them, and the FBI secretly recorded the subsequent conversations. So, yeah, they pretty much had all the smoke and gun stuff. However, the sentence received by Avenatti was significantly lower than that recommended by sentencing guidelines, which actually called for 108 to 135 months in prison versus the 30 months that he got. Um, Let's see here. That doesn't say the reasoning for that. Oh, here he said, okay. 
Ah, listen to this garbage. In determining Avenatti's sentence, the judge said uh, one of the factors he had taken into account was the horrific conditions that Avenatti had endured uh, while staying at the Metropolitan Correctional Center. Uh, that's um, that's where Epstein totally committed suicide. That place. Avenatti was held in solitary confinement for a hundred days, according to his lawyer, and then twice in lockdown. Once because someone had smuggled a gun into the facility, and once due to the coronavirus. Judge said the conditions of confinement were, quote, hard to believe they occurred in the United States. And he said the judge also said a lengthy sentence for Avenatti wouldn't just be because another lawyer, uh, wouldn't be just because another lawyer who prosecutors once called a co-conspirator was never charged. Uh, this, this judge sounds like uh, garbage, man. And he's going to go to minimum security federal prison camp in Oregon. So there you go. All right, this is a this is a dark story. It's just crazy story. I, I said it was Florida. It's actually Michigan. So it's a day. Three year old little girl was found dead in uh, Osceola Township. Eventually, the girl's mother confessed. According to the mother, SpongeBob had been talking to her through the TV and threatening to murder her if she didn't kill one of her children first. Basically, SpongeBob said he would kill her and both her children, or she could kill the little girl and not be killed herself, and her son wouldn't be killed, is what SpongeBob said through the TV. To her. She also said that likely uh, the hallucinations of SpongeBob were a result of her kicking heroin at the time and now feels that SpongeBob did, in fact, not speak to her to encourage her to commit that heinous crime. Um, I'm not going to get into all the details, but yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, very sad story, but then you, you throw the SpongeBob thing on top of it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is it just SpongeBob? No, it was, oh, it was not just SpongeBob. Who's Spud, Sp SpongeBob's buddy? Patrick, right? That's his name? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not up on the uh, SpongeBob, but anyway. Uh, yeah, there you go. All right, 841. Let me grab a phone call here. Uh, Al, what's up? Hey, good morning, guys. See, how are you? I'm good, sir. Great, great. Hey, listen, um, I'd like to take a moment, if I can, um, and give a bump to uh, Marjorie Eastman. I have met her, and um, and I would uh, loan my support to her. Um, she she is um, very modest uh, uh, this morning, and she didn't really give a lot of her accolades and, and her accomplishments, or many, um, um, a veteran and a high-ranking officer as well in intelligence, and, and she's really been around the world. She really knows what's going on out there. She has a good handle on things, and I really do like her perspective as a, as a, um, 
short-term politician, not a lifetime politician. I really like that. Um, I believe her. Um, I think she'll make a good candidate for us. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really tired, Casey, of my vote being wasted on these, these politicians that come out, sing and dance, and every time there's a crisis or a problem or something, they disappear. And then I have to call, and I do. And, and, and I will give some of those guys credit. They've, they've answered and um, maybe even call me back, but they never do anything. Like for right now, for instance, one of the things that really bothers me, Casey, is is that I'm I'm really believing that my vote's going to be wasted because the Dems are going to cheat because they're very good at it. But we we can stop that, and and it just doesn't seem like our guys are they're afraid of the press. Well, well no, how do you know? Well, hold on, how, how do they stop that? I'm curious. I'm just curious what you have as an expectation for whoever gets your vote. What do you want them to do? Well, well, for one, well, for one, well, I'm just a, I'm just a farmer and a beekeeper, not not out there in that in that loop. No, no, but no, no. It's fine. It's fine. I'm I mean, sure, the opposition I'm, to that I'm that sure Democratic bill is job number one, right? I'm sure. I'm yeah, but but still, but still, when when. These crises come down. These, I mean, I mean, Chuck Schumer's on the uh, front page. You see, on on on, on every every TV, um, blasting things are just BS, and right. they get away with it. But but I don't want to go there. But what I'm saying is, our guys need to be up front. I don't know how they, I don't know how they get on the news. I don't know how they get out there. But they're not there. They're not there. And this 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 these. I would say criminal acts against us by stealing our votes, by, by bringing in all these illegals and allowing them to vote and persuading all of these um, mail-ins and, and unaccounted votes, Casey, really does discourage me and makes me, makes me want to not, not support our guys. But um, when I listen to Miss Eastman, I mean, she's a tiger, uh, and, and she is not afraid of the press. And I, I would, I would just really like to give her a bump, and maybe, okay. maybe some folks will look her up and check her out. All right, Al, Wouldn't appreciate the call this. Like yeah, appreciate the call this morning. Thank, thank you very much, sir. Okay. Well, thank you, Casey. Yep, you bet. All right. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, Ray Stajic, Weather Channel, standing by, ready to rock and roll. What's up? Well, we're rocking and rolling this morning, KC. Winter weather advisories just to the west and north of Wake County. As you go north into Granville and even Durham County, Orange, Alamance, points west into the Triad. Uh, freezing rain might even be a little sleet mixed in there. Temperatures at or below freezing. So could be some problems with some of this freezing rain. We're getting some icing reports on trees and surfaces uh, out near parts of the Triad. The Triangle doing okay, though, as most of us are closer to the 32-degree mark or Warmer as they get into Wake County, moving on north and northeast. There may be some rain around. Could be a little sleet in this little batch that's just pushed on through. So, either way, I'd say unless you're further east of Wake County, Harnett County, um, just be on the lookout this morning. Some of this precip may be freezing in some spots, especially in the advisory area this afternoon. Uh, most of it goes away and is of the liquid variety, so I don't think we'll be under the threat all day. Uh, temperatures are going to stay chilly, most of us low 40s, if that. Overnight tonight, any rain showers around end will drop to the low 30s. Tomorrow better, 
as we'll go more seasonable in the low 50s. And Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday look pretty good. Upper 50s to low 60s, maybe the mid-60s by Saturday before we cool it off again toward the tail end of the weekend, KC. So today kind of ugh, out there and a little slick for some. And as we get into the rest of the week, I think we've got some real nice weather, especially starting about Wednesday, right on through the beginning of the weekend. Late weekend, early next week, might have a little winter weather to deal with once again. Um, that's something we could talk about during the week because nothing really else going on in terms of precip after today. All right. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. We'll okay. chat tomorrow, okay? Yeah. All right, buddy. Yep. Yep. We'll come back and chat with uh, Jeff Bellinger in just a few minutes. Hang on. Ten years of news twice an hour and smart talk all day. 94.5 WPTI in the Triad and 106.1 FM Talk in the Triangle. All right, good morning. It is 8.52, your Bloomberg update being brought to you by Containers for Less. That's containers, the number for less.com. Uh, Jeff Bellinger, what's happening? Well, good morning, Casey. Uh, stocks ended mixed Friday. The Labor Department reported the job growth was much stronger than expected last month. The Dow had a small loss on Friday, but the Nasdaq and S&P 500 both closed higher. Uh, futures have shown a lot of volatility this morning. They're all uh, higher at the moment. Dow futures are up 37 points. The Conference Board's Employment Trends Index comes out this morning after the markets open. The Federal Reserve's monthly report on consumer credit will be released one hour before the markets close this afternoon. The report that has investors on edge this week will be out on Thursday. Economists say the government's retail inflation data is likely to show that the cost of living continued to soar last month. The price of cooking oil continues its run-up. That's leading to more worries about global food costs. Palm oil is the most consumed cooking oil in the world. It hit an intraday high in uh, Kuala Lumpur today, the price being pushed higher by shipment restrictions in Indonesia, the top grower, and a chronic worker shortage on Malaysian plantations. Shares of Peloton Interactive are sharply higher pre-market. There are reports the exercise company is considering takeover options, and sources say it is working with an advisor. Two discount airlines announced this morning that they are merging. Frontier Airlines and Spirit Airlines will combine their operations. Frontier will buy Spirit in a cash and stock deal valued at nearly $3 billion. There's a new uh, carriage deal between Dish Network and Tegna. It restored uh, local television stations to Dish subscribers in several markets across the country. Some of the local Tegna stations are NBC affiliates, and those stations were restored just in time for the Super Bowl. In KC, the latest entry in a comedy franchise was the number one movie over over the weekend, Paramount's Jackass Forever took in $23.5 million to knock Sony's Spider-Man No Way Home out of the top spot. The Spider-Man film has been number one for all but one week since mid-December. It slipped to a third place behind Moonfall. That's a Lionsgate picture that took in $10 million in its opening weekend, Casey. All right, Jeff, appreciate it, and uh, we'll chat tomorrow. Sounds good. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. There you go. Jeff Bellinger from uh, Bloomberg News joining us. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm I'm down with that. You remember the uh the robot dogs? The uh those um nightmare fuel uh robot dogs? Well, apparently they found another use for them. Uh they're going to deploy them at the southern border. 
Yes, DHS and Border Patrol are working together to deploy ghost robotics dogs on the border. The um, Terminator-looking dogs uh, will supposedly act as a force multiplier for CBP and patrols and interdiction. And scare the living crap, I suspect, out of uh, whoever stumbles upon one. Um, what are they going to do? Are they just going to have like a speaker or something? Because you sure as hell know they're not going to—they're not going to be weaponized in any way. Yeah, so they're just—they're cru- just cruising around trying to see if they see people. Well, okay, all right. Well, we'll see how that goes. Did you see this story, by the way? So. This happened over the weekend. Sorry, the whole page just reloaded, which I just love. Thank you, Wired.com. No, I don't want to subscribe. Leave me alone. All right. For the past two weeks, observers in North Korea uh, of North Korea's strange and tightly restricted corner of the Internet, which is hugely locked down, as you're probably aware, Begin to notice that the country seemed to be dealing with some serious connectivity issues. On several different days, practically all of its websites, of which, uh, when you say all their websites, I want to say the number is like 50. So like only 50 websites. Um, kept intermittently dropping off, going away. Whether it's the booking site for the one airline or the hotel booking site for the one set of government-run hotels. Uh, basically, it all kept crashing. Eventually, the entirety of North Korea's internet went out. Now, why did it happen? Some dude got PO'd at him. Yes, that's right. Just like anywhere else, you have a standard criminal behavior, but along... Oh, wait. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, American security expert basically decided he'd had enough. One man in a T-shirt, pajama pants, and slippers sitting in his living room night after night watching alien movies and eating spicy corn snacks. Sorry, they did this whole feature piece. And periodically walking over to his home office to check on the progress of the programs he had unleashed to disrupt the Internet of the entire country. Eventually, the guy who is a, quote, security researcher was able to take the entirety of North Korea's Internet down. He said he was fed up with the U.S.'s apparent lack of response on, uh, you know, North Korea uh, cyber attacks the hell out of us, and occasionally they're pretty good at it, as you saw evidenced by Sony. The big Sony hack was a North Korea hack. So this guy decided, you know, the U.S. isn't doing enough to screw with them. I got some skill set. I got some time on my hands. I'm going to do this. And so he was able to launch a denial-of-service attack that took down the entirety of the servers and routers that power the some 50 websites in the country. Took the whole thing down. What I don't like is then you got people from a government standpoint are like, that's not a good thing. Why? Why is that not a good thing? What's the problem? Shouldn't you guys be doing that? taking their internet down, especially as they're hacking companies over here and launching uh, missiles and stuff. Remember, um, it's, and it's I don't know if it's 100%, but it's pretty clear evidence that uh, whether it was us, us in Israel, or just Israel, essentially that's what screwed up Iran's uh, nuclear enrichment program. They, they bugged the centrifuges with a computer virus. 
So you have the skills. Why does it take some guy in his underwear to do it? Oh, there you go. One of my favorite stories over the weekend. We'll be back tomorrow bright and early. See you then. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.